0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie, your co-host, and of course, I'm here with Miss Elise, who is hello. hanging on by threads. Yeah, the tiniest, tiniest thread. Little <sighs> baby thread for a little baby hummingbird. So today's podcast is going to be about change, and is it... I guess, attainable? Does it happen Mm. that often? Can people really change for good? Um, Can a tiger change its stripes? So we're going to be looking at two different letters and kind of seeing how we feel about those and answering
1: that question under two different scenarios. I'm excited for this one because I feel like I'm going to have lots to say because I feel like I've changed a lot and I'm also married to someone who has changed a lot throughout his life. So I'm excited for these submissions.
0: Yes. Okay, good. Well, before we get to it, let's do our sparkles. I don't know if Elise has one. <laughs> I don't think she has. And honestly, I've been in a mood too. I Anytime something's going on, like anytime my life is fine, I'm like, oh, I don't believe in the planets and all that. I mean, I know they're there, but I don't think they affect how I live my life or anything. And then when everything goes sideways, I text Emily and I'm like, what are the planets doing? She's like, it's not good. It's not good. I'm like, (laughs) okay, well then that's why. I mean, yesterday was a mess. Actually, this whole week has kind of been a mess. It's like whatever could go wrong did go wrong. But the biggest one was that my cat
1: got out and I thought <gasps> I lost Blue forever. That's, it was- you know that that's literally my worst nightmare. I have, I have my so- whole source of anxiety is my dogs getting out. Yeah. It was
0: not fun. Don't recommend. I mean, it was funny because I, I ran errands in the morning and so did Andrew. And so I got back and Andrew was already back. And I was like, where's the where's blue and, you know, cats hide or whatever, but not this one. So I was like running around everywhere for Mm. 10 minutes, trying to find him, went down the hallways, like everything. And finally we got his like treats out and like went outside and I, I was looking somewhere else. And so Andrew went like a bat around the back building and there's like this little, you know, like back sidewalk area that's like lined with trees and then like the other, the building behind us kind of backs up to it or whatever. And he's walking through it and shaking the treats, and we say Baloo's name in a really funny way. We go blue, blue, and so everyone thinks his name is Blue, but I'm like, no no, 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 there's an A in there. And so he started saying that, and all of a sudden he hears, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and Baloo's just sitting there, like not doing anything, not coming to Andrew either, just sitting there waiting to be rescued. And I'm like, you
1: stupid cat, you're so open <laughs> oh my gosh what a cutie i f- also feel like Baloo and queso are so gorgeous that like people would steal your couch. that's my fear really that they would like not that
0: he he doesn't want to run away like he right. does not want to run away he just wants to explore i mean he was probably out for like an hour mm. and maybe longer and you know he went I don't know, bear, I mean, as the crow flies, like six feet, <laughs> he like barely got away. Uh, but yeah, I'm scared someone will take them. So anyway, I mean, it was just like one thing after the other. My surgery still hasn't been scheduled. My scheduler Ugh. got COVID and I'm like, okay, so someone else schedule it. And they're like, well, you they, no. And I'm like, mm, don't make me be a Karen. Don't make me do it. I don't like him. I don't do it. And it's just, yeah, it's been really frustrating. So, um, this is all to say that fuck you moon or whatever planets doing this and
1: is Mercury in retrograde. Do we know this?
0: I think so. And Venus, but like, apparently it's the moon. I don't know, whatever, but I've been thinking a little bit about something that Brene Brown always talks about, which is like numbing out. You know, she talks about mm. that. She's like, don't numb out, like, feel it. And I'm like, okay, girl, I hear you. But after what point can I move on? Like, I feel it. It doesn't feel good. And so I think I've been trying to balance this combination of like feeling it and then also being like, well, I can't do anything about this. Like, yeah. I feel it. I recognize it. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm hot and bothered. I am all of the emotions, but like, there's only so much I can do. I can only call my doctor's office so many times per day and harass them. (laughs) (laughs) I can only like, you know, obviously blue getting out. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it's like, I can't fixate on that. It's probably not going to happen again. We'll be very diligent. Like all the other little things that happen. Um, I keep like ordering makeup. That's the wrong shade and it's getting really annoying. Like everything is too light or too dark and I cannot figure it out. So like, that's very fair, but it's like, I can't do anything to fix any of it other than the things that it's like, well, get a return label, you know? So I found that distractions are actually really helpful and I feel like they get such a bad rap and I've talked about this before, but I mean, Sitting in your feelings forever is not productive. It's not helpful. It actually, I think, makes you feel even more stuck. And I don't know. I think feelings are supposed to be pretty temporary. And then you're kind of supposed to move through them and feel something else and do something else. So staying busy and staying distracted has actually really helped me. But I even got to a point this week where pickleball was pissing me off. Like there's a pickleball being political. That's when you know Callie's having a bad day, isn't that's it? That's when you know. <laughs> Is and I like showed up last night and everyone wanted to be super competitive and like intense games. And there was a guy telling people that they were beginners when they've been playing. And I was like, I was like, do not mess with my happy place. This is an inclusive place where everyone belongs and it's supposed to be fun. This is not a tournament. Yeah. I was getting so mad. Um, so yeah, uh, I need, I need a break. So I'm going to Charleston. <laughs> I'm so jealous. That's going to be so much fun. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge because all my coping strategies are, are failing me and I need to get out. So my sparkle is though, you know, don't avoid your feelings. I don't think that's helpful either. But once you've registered and clocked your feelings,
1: Mm -hmm. you probably go do something yeah I think that that's like has I went into this podcast being like I don't have a fucking sparkle I only have thunder and sadness and rain and I think that you inspired me to have sparkle so thank you um and and I think that it's like I'm like fixated. I like need something else, you know? It's like, whether it's focusing on the emotion or the hardship or the fucking plan or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I feel like my life has become like, okay, work. And then I think about not having a baby or our infertility journey. And it's like, that is just not, you know, like I love, thank God I have my job and my clients and you and Blush. But I need to like on my time off, I need to figure out how to spend my time so that I'm not it's not super immersed in like infertility and our journey. And it's hard because, you know, I have friends and family members who want to check in and then I, and then we have to talk about it. I guess mm-hmm. we don't have to, but then they ask about it. And so I'm kind of like avoiding people because I'm just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like I had someone text me today asking if I could go um get lunch and have coffee and i just know that the types of conversations we have are like you know heavy and you know life updates and things like that and i i literally responded and was like look i'm like not in the headspace to like talk about life right now so mm. <laughs> rain check um but yeah i need i need like something you need gay men Yes. I need gay. They don't
0: give a fuck about your fertility journey. I, they don't care at all. They're not interested. They don't want to know about your ovaries or your tubes or anything. Sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, sperm. That's cool. But like very, it's a blip, like they don't care. And I will say that a huge, thing for me during this journey has been, I have to double down on the things that I can do Mm -hmm. because I don't have a baby. Mm -hmm. So I can go play pickleball for two hours a day. I can drink a little bit too much and go have fun and stay up a little bit too late and go to the movies and do all these things. And it's like, it is so helpful, but I also surround myself with people where right now especially where our relationship is not based on heavy conversations and it's like I'll fill them in when I need to but they don't ask and it's not because they're being insensitive a lot of them don't even know yeah I mean genuinely they don't know and why would they know when I'm like oh yeah I'll have a sip of that IPA yeah that (laughs) sounds real good (laughs) I don't really come across as someone who's like dying on the inside when I'm in those like when I'm in that element you know it's like and I'm not saying we're parting all the time, but I, I will say I am surrounding myself with and new people, new people is key because then I can introduce myself however I want Yeah. and they don't know. They have
1: no yep. idea. Yeah. 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 I need, I feel like I need like a project or just something like to get me out of my thing, my funk. A
0: project that you can do because your child free would be ideal.
1: Yeah. Like, but what, like, I'm trying, I want to like redo our guest room and paint it. Mm -hmm. We can do better than that. Yeah, (laughs) Like, uh, try again. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to brainstorm, but yesterday Carl and I had a conversation. We went to dinner and we went to the rodeo, which by the way, I, you know how I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to have a ranch. I want to be a rancher. I want to be a farmer. I was cry. I was literally emotional about the way that they wrangled those little baby calves. Oh, the baby calves!
0: I freaked out too. Andrew actually
1: has a video of me screaming, "Run away!
0: Run away!" when I went to my first rodeo. I was like, "People do this for fun? What the fuck is wrong with everyone?" It
1: it was like, like. I had been to a rodeo before, like the stockyards, but it was like the fun, like showgirls, like hanging on the side of the horses and like doing tricks and flips and shit. This was like actual cowboying. And like, I don't know if that's a verb, but I'm making it one. And my heart, I, w- I couldn't watch. I was like, dude, this is borderline animal abuse. Like they're literally choking the shit out of yep. these little baby calves, ripping them, throwing them on the ground, tying up their feet. I'm like, I'm going to do that to all of you bitches in this arena. I'm going to fucking tie you guys up and see how you like it on the mm-hmm. fucking dirt. And I was, I-, I was so emotional about it, but anyway, I had
0: the same reaction. And by the way, for everyone listening, like going to the rodeo when you live in Texas is like a thing. It's not just for people who live in the wild wild west it's like I would feel pressure all the time to like go to the rodeo it was like a thing that people did and I was always like uh no gross that's the last thing I want to do and so finally I got wrangled into it and it was I mean it was horrible I will never go back you cannot pay me enough money in the world it was an awful experience zero out of ten so, the fact that that's what you went and did on your big night out, we need a redo. We need yeah. To
1: you know what? I, I like actually felt worse. Yes. The last night than I would have if we just sat at home and did our regular thing. So, I appreciate like the sentiment of like getting out and changing things up. But I was just like, I want to take all these baby cows home with me. They can live in my house and I will take care of them and cuddle them and love them
0: so not live in my house but they can go somewhere else and be safe
1: so all to say if I am going to be a rancher one day we will have lots of farm animals as pets and that is it
0: yeah I mean I'm pretty sure you have to like sell them to have a profitable ranch and then you really up a creek so again this is my weekly reminder to reconsider (laughs) those goals. I'm a great life coach. That's not a goal that I want you to work towards. Uh, Instead, let's work towards fun goals and goals that are a little irresponsible and super fun and don't involve
1: serious coffee talks.
0: Yes. Isn't no for me? Uh, Okay. Let's go i'm going to be brainstorming about stuff that you can start doing that is like a very in your face i'm doing this cuz i'm child free and you can't okay you not i'm
1: here for it I'm that is re-
0: my entire personality i was okay real fast i will say um i ran out all four courts for the at the Um, pickleball place. So I have four courts rented on the weekends and it's so fun. And so like 30 people come out and play and like the one straight guy that we know who's married with a kid came out and brought his three-year-old daughter who is like, bright blonde hair, bright blue eyes, like adorable. She's the Swedish. She says hi to like every little living creature. And he like came and then like, you know, he has to like watch her. So he couldn't play. And I think he was always like, also like a little nervous to like play for the first time in front of like that many people. But I was like, none of us care. Like you should jump in. So finally he got the itch and was like, okay, like I want to play. And I was like, well, I'll watch her. Like you go play. But it just dawned on me. I was like, shit. When I have a kid, I can't like come do this. So, like she was adorable. And people walking by were like, Is that your daughter? And I was like, No, I'm going to slip my wrist now. But <laughs> you know, it was still like, it was still an eye opening thing of like, I need to start being very actively grateful for yeah. the time that I have, even though I know that I'm working towards a specific goal that would mean that I can't do all these things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I can't control any of this, so I might as well just be grateful for the things that I have. The problem, Elise, is that I don't think you have enough moments like that.
1: No, I definitely don't. Because I, like, don't really drink because it makes me feel like shit. and well, that's I, fine. Like, you can do yeah. other things, though. Yeah, I just need to, like, do things. I need to, like, make a list of, like, maybe, like, a bucket list. Yeah, because, like, when you have kids, you have to, like, fucking
0: take them everywhere. Or you I have know. to, like, pay for a babysitter.
1: Like, they don't just, like, poof, go away. I know. And you can't lock them up like a dog. So,
0: no, no. so it doesn't, I mean, my thing, I really like wine and I've been having a lot of fun going out. I'm not going to lie. It's been a blast, but it doesn't have to be that. And it can be lots of different things.
1: Yeah. We're going to brainstorm. We're going to, we're going to talk about this.
0: Okay. On to the next, let's read the first letter about change. So dear blush, I have a question that I've been going back and forth on, and I'd love to hear both of your input. Can people really change? I'm assuming if you're in the mental health sector, you are inclined to answer yes. Well, it's probably fair, but does it actually happen that often? I ask because I'm hesitant to rekindle things with an ex. Well, calling them an ex might be a stretch. We dated for only a few months when we were in our early twenties and he cheated on me before things could really get serious. Since then, he claims he's grown up a lot and is ready to give things a real try. I know he's cheated on people in the past. Well, yeah, it's you. And seems to have relationship ADD. But at the same time, he says he's gone to therapy and has changed his ways. He was young, immature, and reckless, according to him at least. So what do we think? Do people change, or am I being naive by believing him? From fool me twice.
1: I feel like I am biased with this story because I have heard this a one too many times and That's the thing. I mean, I do, I do really believe that if someone wants to change and they put in the hard work to change and heal and, you know, be a better human being, I definitely think it can happen. My husband's like literally a prime example of that. He came from a really horrible upbringing and a difficult situation and he's a completely evolved human being, but because he was dedicated to it and put in the work and never gave up. But literally all of my ex-boyfriends have had this conversation with them and I did give out plenty of second and third chances and nothing changed. And so I don't know. I feel like I would I would I would approach this with extreme caution. I'm curious what your thoughts are, Callie.
0: Well, there's one kicker in this for me that makes me think Yeah, we can move forward, which is, uh, is he's gone to therapy. There it is. So people who want to change take steps to make that change permanent Mm -hmm. and people who don't want to change, but don't want to admit that they haven't changed. Just say I've changed and usually use time as, um, a crutch, like, well, two years have passed. So I'm not the same person as I was two years ago. I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, you definitely could be. <laughs> like, yeah. Some people don't change over the course of 20 years. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows people where it's like, yeah, you, a decade has gone by and you are yeah. the fucking same little shit. So <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's those people where I always get like alarm bells, like no time is not a cure all for everything. Um, but He says he's gone to therapy. Well, I guess you can't like ask for actual receipts. Um, but if he is serious about that and did go to therapy for this issue and committed to changing this specific issue, you're going to have to understand that you might be the Guinea pig coming out of this new era. And he might just Mm -hmm. go right back to the way he was. I don't know, but I will say that in my experience, people who a want to change and B take actual steps towards that change are the people who do end up moving forward and changing for the better. Totally. Those who just say, I changed dot, dot, dot are the ones that are full of it, right? Yeah. Or, or whatever. And they want something else. They want a second chance. And, and a lot of times they think that they have changed, but they haven't. So this is not me saying, go for it, girl. You're going to get married. You better send us an invite. Woo. But this is me saying, I think it's worth exploring and and maybe we marry Elise's sentiment, which is proceed with caution. You have every right to, you don't owe this person anything, meaning you mm-hmm. don't owe immediate vulnerability. You don't owe immediate openness and, you know, trustworthiness. Like you don't owe that. And frankly, with anyone, I know that in order to progress in a relationship, you do need to practice vulnerability. You need, do need to be authentic but you don't have to grow in every relationship that quickly. So you can just, that's what it means by taking things slow. It means warming up, getting to the point where you do feel like you could be vulnerable and authentic and, you know, very open with this person. I don't know if I would suggest doing that right away, but I don't know. I think about who I was sometimes like before and after grad school and like before and after intense experiences and before and after therapy and (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I feel I feel like I've completely changed as a human being in the past two years alone, or even the past year alone. And so I definitely think that, you know, life situations and doing the work and all of that totally opens up who you are. I think if this letter writer is gonna choose to open herself up to just explore what this could be, I think. <clears throat> my only piece of advice is if you are choosing to like make it work again, and if you do believe that this person did the work and they're a different person and they've changed, I think you have to be super intentional about leaving the past in the past, because I see that that's a big thing when people were together and then they broke up for a period of time and then they get back together and they're not choosing to like completely start fresh on a new page, then sometimes that that can play a factor in conflict. You know, if you're like, well, you did this five years ago, you know, like comes back up and gets triggered again.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess you do have to absolve him of his past. If you want to give him another chance, which by the way, I don't really think you say, if you want to give him another chance or not, you're just asking us if people change. And the answer is, I don't know. I mean, people are definitely capable of it. Like that's for sure. Um, you nailed it. We wouldn't have jobs if we didn't actually believe that people were capable of change. We'd just be like, welcome to blush. You're going to enter as a shit bag and leave as a shit bag. <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. None of you enter a shit bag. You're all amazing. But, uh, you know, people wouldn't meet their goals. People wouldn't change for the better. People wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, everyone would just suck all the time. So no, uh, I don't, I don't agree that people are incapable of change. Um I mean, I don't know, Elise, like I look back on some of my previous relationships and as much as I'd want to be like they were the villain, they sucked. It's like was I the villain? I love that. <laughs> Did I do this? <laughs> was I the-, I
1: the drama? I'm not the drama. Like, yeah, yeah. it was me. I <laughs> I remember I mean, well, yeah, it takes two to tango for sure. I I remember going to Lori shout out, Lori, my old therapist. I love you. I miss you. Um, I specifically went to her because I was heartbroken over the fact that my ex was just horrible. He had like a, another girlfriend for six months while we were literally living together. Like it was, he was a really piece of work. And I went there and I was sitting down with Lori and I was like, you know, he's the worst. He did this totally victimizing myself. And she was like, okay, but why did you stay? Like, why, why, like what piece of you felt like you were deserving of that or like subjecting yourself to that? And so I definitely think it's, you know, to, you have to look at both sides of it all, but yeah, I mean, I personally have not had luck in this situation where I have had these conversations where it's like, "Oh, I've changed. Oh, you went to therapy. Oh, you did the work. Oh, you read all the fucking books and did all the things and you're, you know, it's it's a cycle, honestly. I mean, it's it's hard to decipher because that totally can be like the cycle of abuse, right? Like you are in a dynamic and then something happens and then you break up and then, you know, there's remorse and they're doing everything and they're overcompensating and they're trying their hardest and then you forget. And it's, I mean, I did that so many times. So yeah, I'm sensing this is so funny. Elise, you do have a pattern. You believe the best in everyone
0: until they like prove it to you so hardcore that you're like, Oh, okay. Whereas I assume everyone sucks. And then they have to like prove that they don't, which is funny that we're so opposite in that. And so you know, I haven't really had those experiences. Every every relationship that I've had, I can pretty much chalk dumb behaviors up to youth, like pretty much across the board. I'm not saying that I mean I'm not trying to absolve myself or my exes of everything but like what sticks out to me is just immaturity. Mm-hmm. It's just our brains not being fully developed and us being silly and stupid and thinking that we were way more mature than we were because we were acting like it, mm-hmm. right? Being in exclusive serious relationships in our like late teens, early 20s. <laughs> it's like are are you fucking serious? You know what I mean? Like we were children. Yeah. Um and so I'm looking back and I'm like this this reads to me is like, yeah, he was an immature dude. Not that that's okay. These behaviors were not okay. And obviously it seems like he's owning up to that and saying, and I actually took time to like go and figure this out. I'm not team him. There are plenty of immature people who have not cheated on every single person they dated. Like it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, but my, you know, my perspective is I do think, especially she said early twenties, there is a chance that it is someone who just hadn't really grown into themselves, hadn't really understood the consequences of their actions, really needed a wake up call, yeah. got it reflected, wanted to commit that, uh, to be, you know, their life's, I don't know, mission and decided I'm going to be a different person. So yeah. I don't know, it's probably 50, 50 that he's just, a scumbag and he's saying what you want to hear or that it's actually for real you're just yeah. gonna have to find out on your own i'm sorry that sucks
1: yeah but the good news is is that she already experienced him being a scumbag and i think once you've experienced that before you can identify okay this is well, now this is a pattern like i you know you're gonna have it's gonna be like deja vu and you're gonna you know hopefully proceed with caution and with your guard up and be able to check in with yourself and ask yourself like, is this what I want? Is this aligned with my values? Is this, you know, can I get over the past? Like, do I genuinely feel like you're being vulnerable and honest with me? Like there's so many questions that we would have to ask, but I hope, I hope that that's the case where it's just immaturity and he's grown out of it and he's, you know, wants a solid relationship for himself. Cause I love a good, happy ending. Yeah, I do too. It did just dawn on me
0: though, that the kind of the people that I'm like, absolving in my past or kind of my experience with this. Cause I know you're, you're drawing a lot from your personal experience. I've never given someone else a second chance though. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, I like once glitter. they, no, once they embarrassed me or fucked me over or made me upset. Granted the one person I would given a, a second chance to didn't want one. Uh, so <laughs> that was awkward. Oh, <laughs> yeah i would have given him lots of second chances and he was like nah i'm good so Mm. didn't quite uh get that opportunity but the others i was like "Mm -mm. no i already fell for this once i'm not gonna fall for it again so i actually never was in a situation where i like tried something again or like got back together with someone
1: oh that was my mo like i literally gave everybody any chance they ever wanted. Like, I just, I mean, yeah, I was just like a little naive baby, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's not
0: surprising. <laughs> a little, little baby. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I personally, I'm like telling you, fool me twice that, you know, chances are chalk this up to immaturity. He's taking the right steps. He's showing you that he's changed, but it's like, I rarely volunteer as tribute mm. to get smashed again. You yeah. know, like very rarely am I like, yeah, you're worth it. And I'm just going to put myself out there to get slaughtered. Like usually I'm like, mm, there's a lot of people out there who haven't
1: done this to me. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to give one of them a shot.
1: Yeah. I like that perspective. I wish I, w- I wish I knew you in college girl. Yeah. It's just
0: I think I think the important part is when we're asking can people change? I don't know. To me that question is more important when you're married to someone. Because the answer, and and not to say that marriage trumps this situation necessarily, but it's like when you've committed to someone and you're building a life together and they're going through life changes, I think you have to be honest with yourself and understand that people do change and people can change. um, If you want to work on something to me, the stakes are so low here. It's like, you could just date someone else.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I totally agree.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have to date this guy. You, you really don't. And he can go, he can go guinea pig on someone else. And if he doesn't cheat on them and the relationship ends from natural causes, if you will, and it just kind of, you know, it's a healthy ending. Well, then you can kind of look from the sidelines and be like, okay, right. am right. yeah. I think yep. you were right. And then, you you know, so just a thought, there's plenty of people out there that you can, uh, date that have not cheated on you before. Okay. That probably made things even more confusing. So I'm just going to move on. So, So let's read the other letter. Okay. Hi blush. I have a shorter question for you, but I hope you answer it nonetheless. Well, we will. I consider myself a pretty patient person, although I am not perfect. I have made plenty of mistakes in my past and I am sure I've hurt people unintentionally. When that comes to my attention, I apologize and move on. Well, that's good. I expect others to do the same, but I must also acknowledge that none of us are wired the same way. So true. That's true. I have a friend who I truly do like. We have a good, stimulating conversations together, and I find her entertaining and spontaneous. The problem is she constantly hurt my feelings, whoa, in some shape or form. Whether she deliberately lets me know that I'm her backup plans for the evening, one-ups me, complains about her situation when she knows I'm particularly worse off in that area, or puts me down. It's always something. It's a frustrating behavior, and I seriously wish she would quit it. I have tried to call it out a few times, but it still keeps happening. So here's my question. Am I stilling for having hope that she's going to grow out of this behavior? I want her I want to be her friend, but it's becoming draining. Do you think it's possible people can change when enough pushback is given? And if so, how can I correct her behavior without causing a fuss from doormat? Mm.
1: This makes me sad. I think the first thing that pops into my mind is that this person that she's talking about has zero self-awareness. Like, I think that, and and you can't teach someone to have self-awareness in my opinion. Like you can't teach a friend to like be more self-aware of how their actions and words are, you know, can offend someone else. I think you can set boundaries and say like, oh, Callie's favorite boundary, ouch, which I mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you're leaving every interaction. I, I don't know. I've changed over the years, but I feel like at this point in my life, like if I'm exhausted or feeling shitty about myself or quite, and I leave an interaction feeling worse off than I did entering the interaction, then I definitely distance myself. And I don't know if that's, I mean, that's just what I would do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued by the way that she worded. Do you think it's possible people can change when enough pushback it's given is given. Mm. And to me, it's like people, if, if you're in a situation where you're constantly getting your feelings hurt and you're setting reasonable boundaries or calling someone out on it and they don't change, then all of a sudden to me, like pushback to me signifies a relationship between like a mother and a toddler. And it's like, it is the mother's job to raise the toddler and to give pushback so that the toddler learns lessons. And then as they get older, like the mom, the parents really are shaping this child to like be a good person and you know, teaching tools. And it's like, you're asking me if your friend is going to change from enough pushback from you. Like, I'm sorry. Are you her mom? Like, this is kind of weird. I mean, why would you take it upon yourself to mold and train this person to to treat you in a certain way? Like to me, we're so far gone from the friendship that in order for you to have a healthy relationship with this person, you have to be a parental figure? I mean, no wonder you're exhausted.
1: Yeah, and also like people, the best way for someone to change is it for it to be their decision to do so, right? Like I dated a guy in college who was an addict and I literally forced him to go to rehab. And guess what? He came out and he started doing drugs again. And that was because it was not his choice to go. It was mine. And I think if people are not making those decisions and wanting to change for the betterment of their own life and their own being, then I don't really see it. I mean, it might change for a little bit, but then I think people get Cycled back into old patterns and old ways of being, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. You have to change for your own reasons, which is
1: why, coming back to the first letter,
0: I mean, that guy didn't get dumped by that person and then was like, oh, I'm going to go to therapy and figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like there was a pretty big hiatus between the two of them dating the incident and then him figuring his life out and going to therapy. So, That's why I think letter number one and letter number two are different, which is why I wanted to answer them both, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in this podcast, because letter number one, it seems like the incident for change was all him. I guess we don't really know. And number two, like you're trying to be the catalyst and you're trying to get this person to change. And like, yeah, they might, but it's not going to be on your timeline.
1: And also like the last sentence, like can I correct her behavior without causing a fuss? Like that kind of gives me like fear of like conflict or like confrontation vibes, like, which totally used to be me too. Like, I never wanted to create waves. I never wanted to confront people, which led me to not have any boundaries and people walking all over me and me not having a backbone for myself. And so it's like, I don't think that you setting a boundary is equivalent to causing a fuss and like making like, I think causing a fuss of like making something like making something a big deal. Like having a boundary is not Having a boundary is necessary in every relationship or friendship, regardless of how like, regardless, every single relationship has to have boundaries.
0: Yeah, I just like don't know what more this person can really do. I've tried to call it out a few times, but it still keeps happening. Like, I guess call it out more, but again, I don't know. This person to me, as I'm reading this, doesn't respect you. Yeah, because if they're still doing it after you called it out, frankly, if they're doing it in the first place, I mean, it seems like. I would imagine you have other friendships where this does not happen. I have plenty of friendships where this does not happen. I don't think I have any friendships where this happens. I mean, not close ones, that's for sure. And if we're not close, then maybe we're not friends because you do that shit, right? So it's like, I just, I can't, I'm having a hard time understanding what more this person can do and why they're taking it on themselves. Like, why does this person think it's their responsibility?
1: Yeah. I'm thinking as we're talking, I'm thinking of this analogy that I tell my clients sometimes, which always brings me back to what Emily said about having the capacity for like five really good genuine friendships, right? It's five. Mm -hmm. And I always... Talk about relationships in our lives as like you have this imaginary dining room table in your life and you actively invite people and choose people to sit at your dining room table and there's only a certain limited amount of chairs and for the people that you are inviting to your table, like if someone's sitting in that seat who treats you like shit and makes you feel less than and puts you down or cheats on you and doesn't respect you, then that's a spot that's being occupied when there's millions of other people who could be really great additions to your dining room table that can't get a seat at your table because someone else is sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like both of these letter writers can kind of look at their fake dining room table and be like, "Who?" Like, are these, are all the people that are sitting around me, people who are genuinely here, adding value to my life, supporting me through the ups and downs that I can have fun with that love me for who I am, or are they just taking up space?
0: Yeah. And whose table do I want to be invited
1: to? Yeah.
0: You know, like who do I want to support? Who do I want to take time out of my day to be there for? And who do Mm -hmm. I feel like really deserves that and appreciates that energy from me? Uh, I think that's almost just as important as who comes to your table, but whose table? I totally do you want agree. To so, yeah, I mean that's a really strong point. And so, I mean the issue is is that we're not really answering your question. Well, <laughs> am I silly for having hope that she's going to grow out of this behavior? Yes. Yeah. Get in the pond if you're going to be a silly goose. <laughs> Cause yeah, you
1: being a little silly. Um, well, what do they say? It's, it's like the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and expecting different results. Like, it sounds like you've been trying to tell her for a while and nothing's happening. So why would you anticipate her changing? Just, you know, it's like, that's silly. Yeah. Also, I mean, the things that she's
0: doing backup plans for the evening, one ups me complains about her situation when I'm worse off in that area. I mean, she's that is actively, she's trying to make herself feel better. Like I'm a priority. You're an afterthought. I'm better than you. And I'm going to complain about something and kind of rub it in your face. Even though I know that you struggle with this more than me. I mean, that's just a lack of respect Yeah, and it's not friendship behavior. So again, I think the best thing you can do is to drop it and say, this isn't my responsibility to shape you into a good friend. It's not my job to teach you how to be supportive and kind and great. She clearly is, you know, charming and all that shit. So she can find other friends that maybe have, when I say thicker skin, unfortunately that just translates to lower Mm self-respect, which sucks because anyone who's going to be close with her and she acts that way that person then thinks they deserve that kind of friendship. And yeah. what I love about this situation is you've already clocked that you don't.
1: Right. But so yeah. you're
0: saying, I can't accept the friendship as it is at this level. So I'm going to be a doer and try and make it to where it's something that I am worthy of. And it's like, mm, yeah, no, 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 no. What's the, what's the line from my best friend's wedding?
1: Jello can never be creme brulee so true i don't think <laughs> i've seen that movie what yeah
0: you've never seen my best friend's wedding with julia roberts and cameron <gasps> diaz
1: oh and cameron diaz is like the bride and then she like kimmy she's yes. kimmy i have seen it i have seen it that's a really good movie i you love don't it. know the line he's like no he jello jello yes yep and the, what and are like, you you're creme brulee
0: I want to be jello. No, jello can never be.
1: Yep. Yep. I remember. That's a good, that's a good movie. I love Julia Roberts so much. Oh,
0: they're all the best. Great movie.
1: Um, so anyway, yeah, you're
0: trying to m- turn jello into crème and, uh, you can't because it's jello. So just <laughs> leave it. The good news is, is that you have a lot less to worry about. Cause you don't have to have a full-time
1: job over training your friend, how to be a friend. Cause oh it turns out she's not a friend that I mean, truly when my ex and I broke up, I was like a little bit devastated, but I was so I had so much more energy and time to focus on other things. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulder because it was no longer my job to like teach him how to be a normal, nice, kind human being, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, And anytime you find yourself in that dynamic where you feel like it's your job, how to teach someone else how to human, it's like, no, that responsibility only falls on parents. And you, maybe you don't want to be a parent. So why would you do that? Maybe you do want to be a parent, but that's not your child. Maybe you are a parent. Well, you already got your hands full. So (laughs) it's like, this doesn't work no matter where you are in life. Like you can't justify it. So my advice is to stop trying to justify it and start hanging out with people that value your time and your energy and just are nice.
1: I agree. Okay.
0: Good. So moral of the story. Yeah. A tiger can change their stripes if they fucking wanna, <laughs> but they gotta wanna. Yep. You know? And, uh, it's also okay for you to reject or not accept that person and their change. If you don't want to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. other person's work and other person's journeys. Don't really have to have an impact on yours if you don't want them to. So that's really looking at you, um, letter writer number one, just because this guy, like, let's say it's for real. That still doesn't mean you have to, right? Accept that or do anything with it. Good for him. Yay. Now, you know, go forward and prosper. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't mean that I have to accept you back into my life.
1: Yeah, I think this all falls within like self-care too, right? Like putting yourself and your needs and your desires and your wants before anything else, right? Sure, I think that works. Yeah, I don't see why not. I like it all, we'll take it all. Uh,
0: Okay, I think we've wrapped this baby up. So let's uh, close with... If you are someone who isn't sure if you're capable of change, like I'm less concerned about, well, I, okay. I'm concerned about if you think other people in your life can change because that's more of a reflection on you and what you're willing to accept Mm -hmm. so that you're a good candidate for life coaching. If that's you, and if you want to change and are nervous that you're not capable we can show you that you are. So use promo code You, all caps, for 25% off your first month. You can work with an amazing life coach who's going to help you bump up your self-respect or bump up your goals so that you can be the superstar that we know you are. Uh, if you have a letter that you want to write in with, please, that would be so great. Uh, write it into to bless you at joinblush.com. We read every submission, so we want to hear yours. And otherwise, I hope the moon hasn't been fucking with your life (laughs)
1: because it has with ours.
0: It has with mine. If that's real, again, I don't want to take any responsibility for having a bunch of bad luck. So I only blame it on the planets. And when things are going well, I take full credit.
1: Yes, I love that. That works for me too. (laughs) Very healthy. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, we
0: will see you guys next time then.
1: Yay, bye.